Hey guys, welcome back to the IkeCast. This is Chris, and I'm with my co-host as always, Ike. Hey guys, um, thank you for coming back. Um, thank you for tuning in. I just want to um, apologize. Yesterday we uh, we were supposed to. This is a Sunday. Uh, we our podcast normally drops on a Saturday, and one of the reasons why it wasn't was because I was going through a um, I was going through a workshop, and uh, it took. Friday and Saturday and um, the workshop was more of a personal development um, and professional development workshop but it didn't end till almost 8 30 last night and after that we completely drained <laughs> with one of those uh, so uh, hence the hence the drop today so thank you again uh, for tuning in and um, let's dive into it Chris yeah I mean a lot happened this week um I mean uh the week that that just happened uh you know like uh, all across the board I mean we are spread out um you know pretty much all across North America um and yeah and pretty much all across the you know North America from from the Midwest all the way up to where I'm at in uh in Canada has been hit by you know some variation of other snowstorms right um, you know, like up in Canada, we get uh, a decent walloping, but you know we're we're ready for that sort of thing. Um, you know, we we got through it. Uh, down south, I know you got something. I did. Um, I was so it was uh, horrendous, and we're expecting more on Monday. So Thursday, we got dumped. Um, um, I I went out. I think three times. Um, to take care of the the snow that had happened or we did and um, yeah I think when we first went out to shovel the driveway and stuff like that Chris um, I think about uh, four and a half to six inches had fallen and then not even like an hour and a half later I could hear ice pellets you know hitting the my windows and I looked out and it was like big chunks of snowflakes and ice pellets um, so we went out again to to do um, to um, remove the snow, and that was so heavy. It was like when you're shoveling, it's like white sand, right? That's it was thick white sand. So it was it was definitely like oh my god, <laughs> this is so freaking heavy, and we're running out of space. I'm running out of space to shovel all the snow. Like I've got these great mounds <laughs> that I don't know where we're gonna do. And um, so the snow um, storm that we had ran into Friday morning. Um, we had, it was light during the day, so really didn't accumulate on the ground. But then on, um, I think it was, uh, and we're anticipating we're gonna have more snow on Monday. I don't know how much we're gonna get. And then we're going to get more on um, Friday and Saturday. And quite frankly, Chris, I have no idea where I'm going to put all of this now because I have no space. Yeah, the, the, the amount of snow that we have in general, yeah. is just, it's wow. Um, in general, that happens, you know, every once in a while you'll get walloped with something and then, you know, it's like, oh, wow, like, where do you, like, there's so much snow. It's not melting. It's staying. And that was like our experience and, you know, being, you know, up in Canada, like that's a normal yeah. winter experience, you know, so I, right. I, you know, uh, we've had weird winter stuff. We've had messed up winter stuff. It's always been like trying to survive, trying to get through it. Right. Right. And, but it's something that like, you know, years of living up here 
you know, years of living in a snow snow climate where we actually get winters where you're prepared right. for, you know, it's like you digging out your car, you know, like how to, you know, how to warm up, you know, preparedness for, for, you know, possibility of power outages. This is a reality for us. And, you know, if I lived in a tornado Valley area, you know, uh, we would have been prepared for tornadoes, but you know, we we're prepared for what, what we know. Uh, right. Uh, I mean, I remember, um, growing up. So if, if nobody's caught on yet, um, I did grow up in Canada, <laughs> um, the great white North. And, uh, I remember one, it, you know, um, ice storm, Chris, where, uh, the, um, you know, schools were obviously canceled. Uh, that's always the first thing that happens. Although with the era of zoom, I'm not sure how that uh, plays out now. Um, but the, um, other thing was, uh, I mean, we, this one particular snowstorm, um, ice slash snowstorm, the power went out and the power went out for, uh, about 48 hours. Right. And so no fireplace, no electricity, um, the gas wasn't working. So we, I, yeah, we layered up, right. And you make sure you have, um, you know, enough water that in the bathtubs, <laughs> so you can, um, you can make sure that you can at least use the toilets and stuff like that. I mean, there's a, there's a level of preparedness, like that this is your check checklist of stuff you have to do. It's, it's very similar to like the checklist I went through when, um, we had hurricane Sandy, um, you know, doing a direct trajectory to, um, to New Jersey and the Jersey coast was, I prepared for it and we didn't have, um, snow, uh, we didn't have electricity for, um, at least my house and my subdivision didn't have it for about three days after. Um, and then we had received it. Um, and then it's just, you do have to be prepared for it, but you can anticipate it. Right. Uh, I think the Texas situation is that it was, it was such an extreme, right? It's not, but the, I think the, with the Texas grid going off, that I, even though there was warning signs, um, you know, 10 years ago, guys, you gotta, you know, bring this up. Texas is a unique, I think, state because I, believe they run on their own grid they're not even part of the national grid so they don't have to follow national regs and i think the nonprofit that's responsible for overseeing the grid um, failed in terms of being prepared for something this extreme because it would never happen i and that's i think the 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 mind frame that a lot of people you know think about is it's not going to happen. So we don't. And the thing with preparedness is you have to think about what is the worst that can happen so that you are ready for it. If, and when it happens, if it never happens, great, but you have to be prepared for if, and when it does. Yeah. I mean, the general consensus is, is that one, this thing happened before you know, less than a decade ago or about a decade ago at this point, you know, there was, was it this extreme, um, not this extreme, but they were, they looked at it like, all right, well, here are the issues with the current power grid. Here are the issues that could arise. Right. This is what we need to do. 
to what a normal conservative thing is. Oh, well, it's freak. We don't need to worry about it. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, using uh, the line from that great show Chernobyl, why worry about something that's never going to happen? Um, right. To it, uh, well, it did happen, <laughs> and yeah. um, I mean, I hope that now there's enough of a big, uh, you know, wake up call to actually, you know, modernize, you know, uh, cold protect. I think that's the fundamental problem. And you are right. Uh, what happened is, is that um, ERCOT or or, or something like that is um, the energy yeah. uh, board that runs uh, Texas. And part of it is that they are not connected to the main not, uh, uh, United States sort of like energy. Um, they're not really connected to, you know, that energy network that the United States has. They're right. their own network that has very, very little connections. And it was done entirely specifically for the purpose of reducing and not having to follow just federal regulations. Federal regulations, right? Um, right. Normal con- and and like Texas is conservative. It is a conservative right. state with conservative people in it, and the people moving there are a mixture of people with non-conservative attitudes and very conservative attitudes, right? Like Texas has a right. large infl- influx of people, and some of them have very conservative attitudes. They're they're leaving places that they don't like uh, because of how liberal they are, you know, right. uh, and. Right. Um, and part of that is why, like, you'll see in Texas a lot of these conservative, um, very, very right-wing sort of ideas on regulation and, and all these things for public utilities, for things right. that, you know, like, we all want the public to do. And then on top of that, just normal cost-saving measures of, ah, oh, it won't ever play in, right? The issue yeah. I have with, and that's very legitimate, it's like, you know, a snowstorm in Texas shutting down, you know, the grid is like wow it's like that 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 is out of you know the ordinary right and i can understand why you wouldn't be entirely prepared for it what i don't like about the texas response is pretending like oh this is all renewables faults and the reality is no you guys weren't prepared for it and all your fossil fuels froze right right it's like you you got it's Listen, no one is completely off of fossil fuels on this planet. Canada lives off natural gas. Canada lives off hydroelectric energy. We have also wind energy. We have wind energy in the farthest north parts of Canada, and it works fine, right? Because you can you can mitigate all these problems if you're aware mm-hmm. of the problems that, you, that, right. that can go in. Cold is a major issue, but we've sort of figured out how to insulate stuff, right? right? We're very good at that. We're very, like, we we know how to survive the winter. We are, you know, we know how to do this. And we're pretty good at it. They weren't prepared for it. I understand. Do you want, hindsight's 2020. What I don't appreciate is these guys coming out and go like, do you want, it's all the renewables fault. It's like, no, it isn't. Right. And and let's let's talk about that. I think, um, I think the stats I heard was the renewable energy that's being used in Texas is like maybe I think five or 10% of all energy that's used. So it's a very small percentage, right? Mm-hmm. But Chris, the other, the other thing that's exasperated the, the Texas situation is Texas, as we've said, is on its own grid, right? And the reason why it's one of the reasons why, or I would say the main reason why it was to avoid federal regulation, which we've said, right? But because it's on its own grid, it can't easily borrow powers from other states. 
So when you're on a national grid, I mean, we saw, you know, I think it was in 2001, 2002, um, we had the, the great blackout in the Northeast quarter, right? And that was because one of the, um, one of the it, it ended up being a, a rolling blackout. It, it, I think it started in Ohio and it just ended up impacting all of the Northeast because we we're all on the same grid. So yeah, that that's a that's an issue that may happen. But when you're on a national grid, what happens is if you for if the state that you're in has power failures or is unable to um, handle or doesn't have enough energy for its citizens, its residents, it can pull from the national grid and disperse it out. Right. So something that I'd like to point out to what you said is, yeah, it's on the national grid that that event in 2003, the, the blackout, in 2003, yeah, yeah, that 2003 blackout, uh, it affected Canada, too. Um, yeah, it did. Like, because we're on the same grid. Right? Yeah, it's because energy is traded and sold between the nations. Right. It's just a it's just a reality. We, right. we, we trade and sell energy. We trade and sell electric current, um, you know, and and that that was a major thing. It was like a, it was a major junction that was taken out, which then in turn knocked off the entire thing. It only lasted about a day. Um, right. Uh, and, and initially before like power came back on, uh, we had a little bit of rolling blackout for the next uh, couple of days. But that was like 45 minutes at a time. Um, right. Yeah. But the Texas situation comes down to lack of preparedness and then now that you know they're aware of the issue they're going to obfuscate and pretend like holy crap we could have solved this issue but no it's the green new deals green new deals fault it's like how nowhere in the in the united states is the green new deal applied oh no no it was wind energy they all froze up your wind energy accounts for maximum 25 percent of your output to wit right like if on a perfect event all right. On top of it, right, only 13% of wind was down as opposed to 60, 60% of natural gas, oil, and coal. Right? Right, right, right. And then on top of that, even even more, they only froze because you f- refused to put the, the appropriate coatings on it and the, the means in which to heat have these things heat themselves up to it. Every other nation that uses this stuff in cold weather climates has right 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 i mean chris they you even have we even have experts you know um in um energy resources that are saying you know texas blaming it on wind and uh, you know solar and wind energy is disingenuous because the solar and wind energy make up just a fraction of what um, Texas's energy supply is its energy supply is uh, fossil fuel dominated the grid is fossil fuel dominated and to say that it was because of renewable energy that's that's BS okay the 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 failure was on the natural gas system with the with the lines freezing up right um, I think with the not that the distribution with the lines freezing up was what had impacted um the 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 current crisis um that texas is uh experiencing 
and here's the thing is, um, you know, and we've had, uh, we haven't, uh, you know, and, and the governor, rather than going in and taking responsibility and saying, okay, this is what's happened. Okay. Um, and you know, there was, yes, there was a lack of winterization. We're going to take responsibility. It was like, oh no, it wasn't, it wasn't us. It wasn't, you know, equipment being uh, frozen. It was in natural gas plants and their equipment frozen and supply going low that impacted. It was actually, it was just, you know, the wind turbines who were iced up and it was the solar panels that were covered in stone. That's why we didn't have enough energy. And that's completely bullshit. Rather, you know, I think Beta Rourke um, said it really well. You know, Abbott is the governor of the, of the state of Texas you know, where millions don't have power rather than going on to Fox news and saying, Oh, it's because of the green new green deal or the green new deal. Right. It's take responsibility, the Republicans and, you know, have been running the state for 20 years and, you know, do what's necessary to get all of Texas out. Right. There's millions and millions of people still out of power. They're, water lines are impacted they don't have drinking water they're having to you know use their barbecues and grills to melt snow to get drinking water yeah absolutely right? and... I, I guess that's crazy that completely crazy and they had there was a report there was a study that was done that said you need to make these changes but rather than saying, yeah, we should have done those and we didn't. And you know what? We're working as fast as we can to get Texas out of this, right? Is, um, that's, yeah, and we're gonna fix it once we're out. I, you need to get ahead of it, not behind it. And I, you know what, part of, let's also, we haven't touched on this, but part of this is a result of global warming as well. Uh, some people are going to say, oh, well, no, it's not. It's a deep freeze. How can global warming, global warming means that we're all going to, you know, uh, we should be under a, a heat wave, not a, a deep freeze. And what they're not getting is, no, that's not the case. A global warming impacts and changes weather patterns. Weather patterns have changed to an extent that Texas is is experiencing this. And we're gonna see more and more of these extremes, I think, if we don't get global warming, um, if we don't pay attention to global warming as well. Yeah, I think it's just, it is a matter of time and it is a representative of global warming, climate change, whatever you wanna call it, the reality is, is that, you know, freak weather patterns in Texas like this are not, yeah, are not in the normal, right? And, you know, human, you know, human-aided climate change, whatever you want to call it, it is one of those things that is occurring. It's happening, and we're going to need to figure out a way to, you know, solve and stop it. Of course, Texas, a very, very conservative fossil fuel state, has to deal with the fact that they both simultaneously want to be, you know, pseudo-independent, um, you know, and, and, and hold on to the idea of their, you know, independence, uh, as opposed to, you know, working with, you know, the, the the government in total um, Dude, they can be they can be pseudo independent or independent uh, uh but you know look at the bigger picture uh being you know um being part of the the 
the national grid and following certain minimum federal guidelines that and, and federal guidelines are minimally acceptable guidelines. Obviously, Texas's guidelines were below the minimally accepted guidelines. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't have failed, you know, to the degree or catastrophically as they did. Yeah, I think that's but, the best way to describe this. It is a total catastrophic failure of the electricity system to which there is now millions of people for almost nearly a week without power. Right. Children have died. Children have died in the cold in the United States. For and that's some, just... Yeah. And meanwhile, while this is all going on, Ted Cruz decides to take a flight to Cancun. (laughs) Fucking moron. Not the best time to do uh, it. Remember, this is the same guy who, you know, had tweeted that Biden, Harris, the AOC want California's failed energy policies to be the national standard and hope you don't like air conditioning. And his old tweets are coming back to, you know, there's, and this is, this is the um, hypocrisy, right? Really, um, uh, att- you know, the attorney general for Texas, Ken Paxton, had tweeted just this past September, you know, that and even the lieutenant governor, again, Republicans, right? Uh, when California was going through its electricity backlog. So they're like, this is what happens when Democrats are left in charge. You know, their liberal climate policies are what's causing blackouts. Um, you've got pretty conservative policies in Texas, and guess what, dudes? Yeah, this is not just You're a blackout. A it's a complete cat- failure. Yeah, it's, it's, a- it's, it's, it is a catastrophic failure. Your residents, your citizens have lost their lives. Loved ones, on, you know, we've got a pandemic that we're already going through, and, you know, the bullshit, no, I'm not going to dictate that. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to mandate, sorry, I use the word dictate, but mandate that you wear masks. But, you know, you've got a pandemic going on, pandemic going on, and then on top, now you have this. It's like compounding one over the other. Yeah, and Ted Cruz and his stupidity has to talk all this crap and then on top of it leave the state to go to cancun while people in the state are 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 freezing and then come out and lie about it and go like no 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 no. i only went down for a day i was you know it was my daughters really you know they needed to go down and you know i wanted to accompany them and i only went down to a day and then he comes back up and then pretty much admits no i was going to be there for more than a couple of days and then sorry chris there's like two things like really wrong with that um that quote you know that that his statements one is that um you know he's throwing his uh his girls under the bus and two he's not being a man and he's not standing up (laughs) he's actually taking coverage behind his daughter it's like dude you're the parent (laughs) you could have said no we got to stick it out uh, exactly like there was a million things that could have been said could have been done and yeah it's like it, it it was it was you could tell that his reasoning was false his reasoning was made up he's trying to deflect and obfuscate as best as he can but the reality is is that you know people can pause and look and go like dude this was not a good look not a best time but some people have come out with the stupid belief and the stupid logic of what could he do Realistically, what what could Ted Cruz do? And yes, while I do agree that Ted Cruz is a useless piece of shit, there is stuff to do. 
right? As right. an elected representative of your state, not just a district, of the end of, of your state, right? Right. You could do, let's see, someone who wasn't elected, someone, in fact, who lost to you in in your state. What did he do? What did Beto O'Rourke do? Oh, organize calls for senior citizens, you know, wellness checks, see if they're okay, see if they have food, see if they have warmth, if they don't have any of these things, go find them, get them to centers where they can at least get warmed up, get a hot meal, basic stuff, you know, call and find out if people are okay, organize, do the appropriate, right? Raise money, right? Find solutions. That's all it would take. Leadership in a time of crisis. Who the fuck knew that's all it would take? And guess what? I'm seeing it from people who have nothing to gain. What does AOC have to gain in Texas? She's helping out. She's raising money. What does she have to gain in Texas? There's no one her constituents. There's nothing. But guess what they are to her? They're American citizens. Yeah. Right? They need help. They're in the middle of a disaster. We help each other out. Right. Right? Right. Right. And you know what? And here's the thing. Um, the Republican uh, governor, Greg Abbott, is using this as another way to politicize it. I, Biden signed a major disaster relief. OK. And Abbott still characterized it as a partial approval of his request. Now, think about it. OK. He requested the disaster declaration Thursday. He got it seeking both individual and public assistance for all 254 counties in Texas which were approved by Biden, okay? And he also provided individual assistance for 77% uh, 77 of those 254. So that partial individual assistant is what he's saying, is what he, that individual assistance for the 77 counties is what he's um, saying is partial, right? And really when it comes to, um, and it does depend on the disaster relief and the declaration that, that are issued, but the individual assistance is for residents who sustain losses due to the disaster, right? Um, public assistance can be used to repair and replace public facilities and infrastructure, but then you, at the individual assistant component of it is that that goes directly to residents who may have sustained um, losses or damages due to due to this right so it's he's saying it's a partial approval but that's i think that's again that's a indication of mislabeling right chris because it's it's a it's not partial when all 254 counties are going to get public assistance. That means all 254 counties are going to get assistance for their infrastructure, rebuilding it, making sure this does not happen again. So that's one, right? But the private assistance, right? Or, or the individual assistance, that's for individual individuals and businesses within those particular specified counties and the counties are the ones which have larger i think populations you know one of the for example like one of the counties includes dallas so be and that's this to me this is a um an issue you know when we had hurricane sandy it was um the year of the election too right 
Yeah. And and um and that was you know when Obama was president, it was Obama's reelection year. Um, it was against Mitt Romney, and you know um, the federal government, Obama's administration, they approved disaster relief through FEMA, and and it was I think a couple of weeks before the um, the election, and Obama flew down to to New Jersey or flew up to New Jersey to take a look at, you know, what had happened, right? The the degree of devastation. And Christie was there with him, meeting him as the governor of Texas, uh, of New Jersey, sorry, as the governor of New Jersey. And Christie was criticized for doing that because he, by Republicans, by saying, by, you know, who were saying, oh, you're giving him political ammunition to win this election. And Chrissy had the perfect response. He said, I'm the governor of New Jersey first and I have to take care. And you know what? I don't agree with Chrissy on a lot of things, but good. You know, he, he did what was right is he's the governor of all New Jerseyans. And you know what? He's going to do what's needed to get New Jersey out. And when the president of the United States comes down, you meet him. Very much so, and you do whatever it takes to, to 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 get the help. But right, he didn't politicize it, and neither did Obama. Exactly. But flip it to what we're seeing with Texas, and they're still politicizing it. Guys, this is not the time to politicize. This is the time to get Americans, citizens, residences out of this disaster and we can do it when we work together not when we're pitted against each other yeah that's the only way that we're going to get through this and uh i mean just in general like there's there's a lot of work left to do and i hope yeah. that they're they're ready to do it right you're ready to to get on to this but yeah there's just i, I it, it is infuriating and you know well it's they're all to chris you said it perfectly right they're taking this um they're taking um they're hanging their hat on that it was the renewable energies that cost caused it right like crenshaw and um uh, Bo brobert crenshaw is from texas brobert isn't so you know shut the fuck up lady um because she's another canon, you know, dumbass, in, in my opinion. Um, but, I mean, they, they're they hanging their hats on because somebody said, oh, the wood turbine stopped working and all of the, the uh, solar panels have, um, have snow on it. So that's why we're not getting it. No, it, right? And they're saying it's because of this green deal green new deal that this has happened and again this is a false narrative completely because texas does not rely on it though those energy sources are a very very small percentage right they did not do what they needed to to protect their infrastructure and and their infrastructure include is primarily fossil fuels yeah, and um, yeah, it, it, it's the reality is is that there is just a lot of politicking going on 
in mm-hmm. in the face of like an actual disaster um right you know just and the, and the federal government has sent in the stuff needed right like the federal government has sent in power um generators diesel fuels waters blankets i mean they've oh shoot new news i think i was muted the whole time i don't think you were okay um Hey guys, sorry. Back to the recording. Yeah, I uh, thought she muted herself for the entire recording, so we had to stop and check it. But no, you weren't. You were talking the whole time, so we're gonna use that. Okay, good. <laughs> because I, I saw, I looked over and I saw the mute button like um, blinking. I was like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's always the worst when that happens. But uh, no, you were you were going strong. Um, Excellent. Yeah, but I think we've sort of gone through this sort of Texas thing. Um, you know, it's it's sort of the major news of the week. Uh, let's. Uh, there's one other piece of news that I want to touch on, and it's sort of like the thing to end it, which is you know all this stuff is going on. Um, you know, all these things have happened. The impeachment's done and dusted. There was a poll released to see what the primary would be like in 2024. Okay. The total assessment has been that. If Donald Trump was to run, he would have 54% of the vote in the primary. Okay. Right? Then it goes to Mike Pence and then Don Jr. Right? All of those things, in my opinion, float up. Right? Right. Um, you know, say if Mike Pence is not in there, Don Jr. isn't there. Those things go straight to to Trump. Trump very much, I don't think, is going to be getting Pence back on board. Uh, you know, I think he might feel that Pence has betrayed him. Um, you know, in the election stuff. Yeah. But, you know, like, there's that there. Uh, I'm quite... I'm not surprised by these things. I think that people, in fact, have only gotten... Uh, technology is really going to have to be focused on. You know, we're really going to have to see, like, why is it that we've splintered this much? But I think Texas is an indication of that because we do have bad faith actors on all sides but in this texas thing it looks like it's really just the republicans because they run everything there right right it's entirely run by them for over 20 years yeah for the last 20 years and yeah whatever is there i'm i'm placing sole blame this is successive regimes of like yeah don't worry about it 10 years ago we got a warning we didn't have to listen right hopefully they listen now hopefully there's change coming hopefully they're and I say hopefully a lot. Uh, all these things occur, and you know the you know the citizens who are within Texas, Americans, I would say first, right? Get the help that they need. Um, yeah. Uh, all in all, it, you know, dark topic, but the reality is, is that you know this could have been preventable, especially because there was warning. Right. Um. I just I hope that Republicans change their tune on on global warming, right? I hope that like this is one of those things that they could win on, right? Like you could you could just like how I hope that Democrats change their 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 tone on 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 the Second Amendment and like Black Lives Matter and you know defund the police. I also hope that that this occurs. And you know we have 
you know, representatives who are very much like, holy crap, I'm a Republican, but this is not crazy. This is too crazy. I can't remember. Um, one of them, I believe he was a, he wasn't a Senator. He was a house member who voted for, for Trump recently on Bill Maher. Um, you know, just, just flat out saying that, you know, the Republican party is, is, is gone half crazy. Right. Um, you know, insane, you know, conspiracy theories, just flat out lying to people. You can have disagreements on how to do things. Right. Right. That's totally fair. And hopefully we can reach a consensus because that's the best form of agreement is when everyone is in agreement with each other with a level of compromise and a consensus. Right. Right. And right now, the hardest part that we're having is a consensus on what to be to have a consensus on. <laughs> right. 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 And hopefully this this goes away. Uh, uh, what can I say? I hope that Texas, you know, gets the help it help it needs. Um, you know, everyone, you know, this is one of those things. North America feels it. And, you know, hopefully they're, you know, our government's trying to help. Uh, you know, the federal government is actively trying to but help. That's I mean, that's that's the thing, you know, um, natural disasters also show the relationships. Right. Um, that that the areas have. I, I know when New Jersey uh, had to get its power grid up and had to get the lines done, we had, we had, you know, um, we had teams coming in from Canada, from North Carolina. I, I mean, you pull together, right? To, to get everybody out, uh, you know, to, to make it better. And, yeah, we're seeing it. We all feel for Texas. At one some one point or another, we've gone through it ourselves. Uh, whether it's a hurricane, it's a you know a snowstorm, um, a tornado, we have gone through it. Uh, you do come out stronger, but and we feel we feel the pain, and this is a pain that should not. That what's heartbreaking is this is something that could have been prevented or minimized. Right. Yeah, and, I think that's um, the, the the key focus is that it was preventable. There was sufficient right. warning, but this it's 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 very much like a conservative point where it's like, but this is a relatively low chance. Should we spend the money on it? And yes, because yeah. if you don't, you get into a situation like this. Exactly. Because remember, uh, you know, we started off with, with this discussion with right, Chris, is that you have disaster plans um, that take into account what is your worst case scenario and build from there backwards. Reverse engineer so that you can uh, make sure that if it does happen, you can minimize the impact. But you hope and pray you never have to use it. Yeah, it's very much, yeah, it's it's very much like preparedness. A little extra cost here and there will save you tons, right? In the future, and, uh, and we didn't touch on it, but apparent. Um, I think there's now. Uh, so there's um, I, I think it's a developing story, Chris. Is that there's Texas residents that are now getting exorbitant um utility costs um bills 
and yeah. Um, did you hear about that? Yeah, so it, it came out. There's a couple of like uh, utility companies within Texas. Um, some some of them small scale, right? And part of them is uh, like you know they they essentially are using the larger lines from other people, right? Like you see this a lot in the telecoms. You see this a lot in other things. Yeah, they're essentially like an energy reseller that you know right. uses you know whatever tricks that they can yeah, they, to, to get they piggyback low. on the existing lines. Yeah, yeah, and they'll offer you a lower rate at by. You know, by essentially going like, yeah, do honestly, we're, we're going to do it. They, they, they find ways to do it. Right. Uh, the issue is, is that they're very much tied to the wholesale price. Right. Uh, which may sound good, but as the demand skyrockets, so too does the price per kilowatt hour. I believe the right. price per kilowatt hour at the time was, it could range, but it got up to, it got up to like 9,000. Which is like ridiculous. Yeah. Which means that, you know, some people are paying like 20 grand plus you know uh just to it gets nuts you know right. um the the amount of kilowatt hours that that people will invariably use uh and then as the demand goes and so yeah people are getting hit with huge bills and some of these smaller companies did come out and say please please switch because we're so reliant on the wholesale price and you know we we're not bound by the cap right, right. please 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 switch to other providers to which other providers aren't taking calls <laughs> yeah right, right right and so these people are stuck with huge bills uh hopefully there's some sort of like legislation that comes out and say hey listen do what during this natural disaster you know screw that noise but right. um this is texas uh i'm right. pretty sure texas would say sorry man stick or swim uh before we leave off there was a texas mayor uh monday who pretty much just came out and you know went full ayn rand and said you know the government doesn't own you anything Right, the government doesn't owe you protection. Pick yourselves up by your bootstraps. If you're freaking cold, warm, find some way to warm up. It's like where's like where's all the the, the, the personal responsibility? Like this guy is just going off, right, right, and people lost on him. Go like what the hell? And he goes like, and then you know he goes like he quits being mayor and says, no, I quit way before all this stuff went down. I'm a private citizen now, right? Uh, but apparently he said that his wife got terminated for his beliefs as well i I... well there's this i mean ever since the gina carino thing it's it's uh, it's always been like oh we're all being canceled by these things like like, you're being canceled by you know disney right and like all these major things who are so controversy adverse that of course you were going to get fired right there it's disney if you don't tow the disney like everything is rainbows line Right, they'll yeah. throw you out. Look at all those Disney kids, right? They start off on Disney shows and then they end up like going crazy afterwards. Right. Right. So uh, it doesn't surprise me. Um, and of course, they're using this whole idea of, of them being canceled as like now they're a persecuted group, to which, you know, I always look at whoever says they're persecuted, persecuted look at their victim mentality and see whether or not they're actually a persecutor. <laughs> um, and so. Like all of this is, it, it's 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 really showing some of the worst and some of the best of, of us, and, and I believe yeah. disasters always do that, right? They'll show our worst, they'll show our best, and we'll at the end of it we should remember who's the worst, mm-hmm. um, and then keep take that into account. I hopefully there's a you know um, this needs to be used, you know it's like where was Ted Cruz during the blackout? He was in Cancun. He left yeah. during the blackout and went to Cancun. Right? Yeah. Where was I, Beto O'Rourke? I was here. Yeah. Right? I wasn't your senator and I was doing his job for him. That's all you have to say. Yeah. Yep. Right? Exactly. And he, 
I think, you know what, um, Chris Bitterwork is, is also thinking maybe he'll run for governor of Texas. Either or it works. I mean, he got close as senator. Um, here's the thing, though. 2024 is the next big um, moment for Ted Cruz to come up for election again. Right. Uh, I don't. I think Ted Cruz can be dethroned in 2024. I think that there's enough sentiment. Uh, Ted Cruz is generally unlikable, and I don't know if Beto could do it twice. Um, you know, because generally the the way it goes is like you fail once you sort of disappear forever right right yeah um but you know you look at biden you look at reagan you look at all these other guys who've achieved power they've done it relatively on multiple shots so yeah uh yeah uh, i wish beto the best of luck i don't agree with all of his policies um you know I me mean? like i don't agree with the democrats on all their policies but you know i do see him as infinitely better than ted cruz and i think that his actions show yeah. Right. Both of their right. action show. Uh, yeah, uh, I think this is a good place to end our war room and then head directly into our happy place. Sound good? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, and so before we go into our happy place, we're gonna stop it here and with the power of editing, come right back with our happy place. Specifically, we're gonna go watch the Mortal Kombat trailer, and I really want to get sort of like that reaction off of it. And so yeah, with the power of editing, watch us come back. Okay. All right, and welcome back to the iCast, specifically the happy place. All right, we just finished watching the MK uh, Mortal Kombat 2021 trailer. All right, you first. <laughs> um, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> I I'd... just, you know what? It, I, I think it's going, if it lives up to what it needs to live up to, right? Um, it's going to be amazing the visuals are are incredible um from the from the previous iterations that we had of mortal kombat in the movies i mean um obviously we've moved way up in terms of um cgi and um, special effects right and those are just going to be amazing from the looks of it i have to say one of my most favorite actors is is gonna be in him in it um you, do you know who i'm talking about well there's only one very recognizable one in this so is this hiroki sonata yes yeah. <laughs> yes like i you know i've seen him in so many things and he's always it doesn't matter like who plays a good guy or a bad guy i just absolutely i mean he brings such an intensity to his characters and i can see that intensity in just that the few glimpses that i got Oh yeah, uh, him as him as Scorpion is just perfect casting. Um, yes, it really it like him as Scorpion like that's great casting. And so something I want to bring up is that specifically when it comes to Mortal Kombat, when the first movie came out in like '94, yeah. right? It didn't have a lot to pull from. It really had like Mortal Kombat one and two ish for yeah. like like story of which those games had very little story, which was like a splash screen. Right in some text, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there wasn't much story. Majority of the story that that the MK movie had, it really created the lore for Mortal Kombat going forward. Right. Um, that being said, come twenty thirty years later, we have eleven plus Mortal Kombat games, each one mm-hmm. of them with their own distinct storylines. The newest Mortal Kombat game literally is about multiple timelines, multiple things. They're fighting like a god of time. Like the like it got it got nuts. Like they went big on the whole Mortal Kombat thing. 
Um, right. And the stories like only got more and more complex and adding more and more stuff. Uh, definitely 2011 with the release of Mortal Kombat 9 and, and the whole time jumping thing that they started introducing into the series and like the alternate timelines right. and all this sort of stuff. That really became like huge play for it because you know with this many games you're eventually gonna have to do a reboot and with this many like you know with this many years between a movie they did a reboot but they have a wealth of 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 stuff to go off of now and what they've chosen to do um is really like take the original like fighters from the original mortal Kombat game right give make it fit within this story and then add a new character in which is the character of cole young the one with the, the birthmark on his chest right yeah yeah. Uh, so, by the way, horrible line. Hopefully, they take it out of the movie. It's like, what is that? It's a birthmark. Yeah. It's like, what does that mean? It's like, you know, he was born with it. It's like, of course, that's what birthmark means. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, hopefully they take that line out. It's, it's just so it's so dumb. But it, like all things, uh, all things like put together, there there's something here, and I think what really will make this story strong and the thing that they really showed off was a lot of like Sub Zero and scorpion stuff and yeah yeah you know yellow ninja versus blue ninja has been like central to this entire freaking franchise Uh, and but they're doing cool things with it like um like you know we have an ice guy and for the most part they're not creative with it it's always been like you know do something one way do something another uh like the original mortal Kombat, they beat the guy with like a bucket of water Right. 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 Um, you know, like, and this one, Sub Zero looks like a legit threat. I, I mean, there was that sequence towards the end of the trailer where he slices Scorpion, pull, like, pulls up the blood, freezes yeah. it, and uses it as a weapon. Yeah. Right. And I was like, there you go. Right. There's, there's the level of creativity I want to see. Like these, I, I know I showed you in the past, like Mortal Kombat fatalities, right? Right. And yeah. how insane they get. Yeah, and, and I think they're they're using that um, that creativity. They're thinking outside of the box of using your elements and stuff like that as well. Exactly. Um, you know, they're it's like they're you know they're putting themselves in the mind of that um, of that character. And think, how would that character use their skills? Their I think talents? that yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. And yeah, what can I say? Like, I'm very excited. I want to see what more they do with it. Um, I don't know if you heard it, but like towards that final sequence where you hear where you see like um, Sub Zero make his ice sword. Yeah. Right. You can hear like just slowly in the background that the, the the musical tone changes to that '90s era Mortal Kombat yeah. theme, like dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> you know, right. So first, I you know I was um, I I think screen screen rant did the trailer with the original um, uh, theme. Oh, music. God, I would watch right? that. Same here. I saw it and I'm just like, uh, do we, do I tell you? Let's, you know, through, through our, you know, pause button, pause it so that we can take a look at it just with that. Because I think that would be so cool. All right, let's do that. Doing it with the power of technology, we can pause and come back in a second. So... Let's pause it. I want to see this trailer. All right. All right. We'll see see you guys in a sec. Right. Three, two, one. And we're back. (laughs) This is what I was talking about with the power of editing. So, yeah, we watched the the trailer with the original theme music. Ah, God, the nostalgia is true. It just gets you in such a frame of mind that you're like, oh, can't come fast enough. Like, I'm so super excited. Right. Yeah. Because we've got like Snyder in, in March and I'll be watching that. I know for the month of March. And then we have this like not you know just like within 30 days we have the second one so it's just like this is going to be so cool 
Yeah, so cool. I, I'm so excited about it. I want to see where where this goes. Oh, um, yeah. What can I say? Like that. This is a, a. I mean, everyone talks about like say video game movies being garbage, and then they always come back to well, the best video game movie was always Mortal Kombat, right? Oh, I think it's gonna like elevate. It, it's gonna blow the one from the '90s out of the water. Yeah, uh, I think that I think they really got something special here. And on top of that, the mixture of actors that they're using, yeah, are are not big name enough for me to be like, oh man, well he's not gonna die. I'm totally well. I'm well ready to go. Like, all right, well, there's definitely. Well, there's a only one actor that I'm invested in. Yeah. <laughs> right now. I mean, well, yeah, the Hiryuk is not, and then on top of that, yeah. there was the. Uh, the, the other stuff that they showed off about um um like so the the main sort of thing that people are going what if like just like focusing on this trailer is you know of course the scorpion sub-zero thing the get over here line wasn't that good only i and i know why it's they had hiroyuki sonata say it english is his second language he's being muffled by a mask it doesn't right. have that same like you know that same like rush that the original get over here like scorpion like move does his little spirit right. trap yeah, yeah. I think that can be easily fixed. I think that you know they'll they'll they'll, they'll change that up. Um, what uh, I'm interested in is this new character of Cole Young, who's got the dragon tattoo, uh, yeah. because he is a brand new character. He's not in the games. He he's he's not in any of the games, and that's okay because mm-hmm. the games constantly are adding new characters into stuff. Right. Um, what I'm what I'm primarily interested in is okay. Now that I know that he is not a game character, mm-hmm. right? That they've said. Is there a possibility that he is, and we're just not knowing it yet? Um, an example of this could be very much that he's fighting in a cage, right? Like he's a cage fighter, right? right? Yeah. And someone who's not in this movie is Johnny Cage. Oh, oh, right, yeah. Right, Johnny Cage is not yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but there's also other stuff because the other stuff that they show is like he looks in the mirror and gets like a flash of Scorpion. Is he like? like a descendant of Scorpion Shirai Shira Ryu clan, right? Right, um, right. Is he a descendant? Is he like Bihan, the second Sub-Zero? Because the first Sub-Zero um, is... Uh, the first Sub-Zero is a villain. He always has been. He's always been a piece of crap. Um, yep. And, you know, like you kill him, and then the second Sub-Zero, who's always who's pro-Earth Roman and a good guy, shows up, and that's his brother. Could this be like a descendant where he takes out sub-zero and then he becomes the new sub-zero right the good one is he really johnny cage because something that they introduced in mortal kombat 10 and 11 was that it's reincarnation no not just not just reincarnation they just revealed like johnny cage is pretty much like the earth realm champion like he's got like like he's got like powers and stuff and he can take out like elder gods right johnny and like they reveal like like johnny cage is like the real earth realm champion not Liu kang Liu kang though is the champion of all realms right okay um and so i mean we have luke king in here we have you know this other, I, i'd like to see uh if there's anything else here because there is like you know historically speaking you know johnny cage now is sort of like the the big sort of uh earth realm champion who runs everything right um like that's but of course that's all what if lore right who knows if they even have to follow that if they even have to focus on that yeah um, um, I think they have enough in here to really get it right, to really get to to really dig deep and then show some interesting stuff. Um, I I'm 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 excited. I'm I'm really excited. And then on top of that, I, I feel like we're just straight up uh, like constantly um, like big upping HBO Max at this point. 
Yeah. Uh, but the well, reason they're hitting it. With, yeah. With yeah. Their... The reason why I'm doing it is because, like, you know, Warner Brothers and their stable being put out onto, like, for this year, being put onto HBO Max is i know some filmmakers hate it and i understand you know it's like you want your thing to be seen on the big screen and you have that sort of pull right like christopher nolan's one of those characters he has one of those he has one of those pull he has such a pull with the the studio that he can you know he can say no tenants coming out in the theater and they'll be like shit i guess it is right? Right, right right but other people don't have that level of pull uh, right. to, to get that done or that level of like christopher nolan can say i want i'm gonna make a seven hour movie and you know, it, the, the, the studio is going to have a very hard time saying no to him. Right. Right. Like he, he's got that level of pull, but not everyone else does. And so it sucks that their movies are not being watched the way that they initially wanted them to or through any other means. Like, I understand that, that that's unwanted. At the same time, it's like theaters are, they're not open. Right now it's, right. Right now it's not an option. And right. you know what? They, and it's not safe. Continue keeping, right. It's not safe. Right. Right. Um, so how do you, how do you continue to engage? Exactly. And so continued engagement is something that needs to be, it needs to be focused on. It needs to, to build it up. And on top of that, HBO Max needs subscribers. Yeah. Right. And uh, Hey, what and you can know, I say? I'm waiting until I'm going to get my subscription the day it gets released. Yeah. Yeah. On March 18th, I, I suspect a huge spike in subscriptions to be popped up. And I yeah. see a lot of people also very much on that waiting for it. Right. Um, and the only big, like, and I, here's the thing. So like Kong and Scott, you know, Kong and uh, Godzilla, um, it's the Snyder cut. And then in April mortal Kombat. this is a great stable of like, Holy crap, we're going to get some stuff on top of the stuff that they normally have. Right. It's still HBO, Um, you know, and HBO has great shows. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm very uh, what can I say? I I think that it's a great deal. And more importantly, it's like we're getting legit movies and recreating the theater experience at home is very much possible. Um, You know, if you have the space for it, if you have the means to 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 build yourself, you know, like a relatively small viewing area for it. You can really get yourself in a nice cinematic experience. You can really get yourself a theater-like experience, right? Um, for relatively cheap. Yeah. Right. Like I, right. you know, I think like I did the calculations and like trying to like think about like could I create a home theater like a legit full-scale room, you know, home theater projector and all. And the most expensive bit was the seats. <laughs> right. It wasn't. Yeah the thing to actually get it going. I could sit in like a, you know, plastic lawn chair if necessary, if I could, if I have a 4k image, um, you know, great sound system, right? Like imagine yeah. that it's like, uh, I, it's like, all right, 4k projector plus, um, sound system comes out to about the price of four theater seats. Right. 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 So I was like, okay, like with that being the most expensive bit, I'm going to, um, it's all about trying to build the, the, the right environment for it. And if you have the ability to, it's, it, you can do it. And I think HBO Max is giving people the option. You know, the fact right. that they're doing day and date stream and, you know, release, theater release, I'm good with. And personally, if, if things were open, you know, you'd see me there, right? You'd right. see me, you, you know, you would see me there 100%. Uh, you know, like you and I, we watched Tenet in theaters. Right. Right. You know, if there's stuff out there to watch, we'll do it. I mean, uh, but, you know, with with lockdowns as they are all across the planet, 
uh, it becomes difficult. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, in terms of this news, the Mortal Kombat trailer, I'm, I'm, I'm supremely excited about. Um, and sort of in a strange way to, to change subjects, but, you know, linked to HBO Max and HBO in general and Warner Brothers. Um, we have a lot of new stuff coming out about uh, almost like, I, I can say this safely, like disgraced geek hero uh, Joss Whedon. Yeah. So, you know, I know this is our happy place and we may not right now be entering into a happy place discussion or most people find happy, you know, to be considered to be a happy place type of discussion. But I think it is important for us to talk about is you're absolutely right. Um, we are hearing more and more stuff coming out about Josh Whedon. And the thing is that um, we don't have his side of the story. He's being silent. And I don't know if it's his legal or his PR that's telling him don't say anything. Right. Um, so we are getting uh, what are would be termed as one sided accounts. But here's the thing is, if there's one, you're like, OK, maybe it's anomaly two. But if you're having three or more, when you hit three, you're like, no, this, there's a pattern here. So. Uh, yeah, very much. So, like the more accusers pop up, the more legitimate like the claims could be, and so you know a proper right. investigation and and level of examination needs to be done in any sort of claim like this. I mean, I'm not right. saying believe everybody, but I say take things seriously, and um, you know, like the right amount of serious uh, examination of any given scenario will hopefully lead to you know breaking it down and then seeing you know looking for the truth. Right. Uh, and you know, Joss Whedon, you know, he, you know, what can I say? He was, he was a geek darling for a very long time. People, you know, people very much were, uh, were, and to some extent are still very much on his side, but the more we hear, the more it's like, well, what, what's going on? And I, it really started with, you know, uh, credit where credits, you know, do it started Ray with, Fisher. with Ray Fisher. I mean, we had talk about Joss Whedon earlier, you know, his issues with his wife, his infidelity, that sort of thing popped up. But that was just personal, right? This right. one was workplace inappropriate behavior, workplace just, you know, very, very aggressive behavior. I can see that as being, you know, one of those things that, you know, very much against. Um, and then, you know, you know, we hear the talk that, you know, he would slander and, and just talk nonstop crap about, you know, Zack Snyder and his vision while making Zack, you know, like while working on Zack Snyder's Justice League. And then not even putting his own name on it. Right. Yeah. Right. So like, like that one, that, that in and of itself seemed very, uh, very gross and suspect when he didn't put his name on it with the amount of changes that we found out he eventually did. Yeah. I think, um, Kevin Smith has come out and had said, has said that Josh Whedon, um, you know, I, I don't think he's said it exactly this way. But the question is, did Josh Whedon purposely ruin Justice League? And uh, even uh, Kevin Smith hasn't said yes or no. What he has said is that Josh Whedon bashed the Snyder cut of Justice League during reshoots. And, you know, and it's quite possible, you know, if you step, you know, you go down that rabbit hole, that he may have tried to purposely ruin Justice League. 
I don't right? think I don't think anything was done on purpose, but I do think that it's a project he gave. He didn't really care about. He was a hired no, gun. No, well, then if he was if he didn't care about it, he was just a hired gun, right? Then he did sabotage it, Chris, because you're hired to bring your hundred percent in, and if you go in with less than even fifty, right? Then no, you you are whether it's done, you know overtly at a subconscious level or at a subconscious level you are sabotaging it yeah okay and, and, that, yeah. and that the reality right. is is that and then we see the outcome and the outcome was very much despised right. across despised. the despised and everybody was like where's the movie we were promised we want to see the snyder cut because he was supposed to because you know um we had heard that majority of the the film had been completed there was just a there was there was there wasn't a lot to do to finish it, right? So, if he really wanted to, he could have, he could have given us what I think we should have gotten, but he didn't, right? He just shot on it. Excuse my language. Yeah, um, and then now we hear more and more stuff come out, like Ray Fisher. It started with stuff. Ray Fisher. Yeah, and then it then it goes on to Chris McCarpenter. Buffy came out. Michelle Trachtenberg uh, came out as well. Um, Nicholas, uh, Brendan, you know, Xander uh, on the Buffy show, you know, it's like, I have stuff to say, but, you know, it's just, it's just too painful, right? Like, everyone's, like, people are coming out, and a lot of people are going, like, whoa, right? And Well, yeah, so a part of that, though, is this persona that we didn't created, right? He cultivated a reputation that he was this, he empowered women, right? He liked to feature strong complicated female leads he was a feminist he was a progressive writer and director and we just was no actually that's just a persona you created right yeah. the other thing is you know chris it's like you know you have um you know actors like ray fisher chris mccarpenter who you know have come out and, and michelle trentenberg who said okay this is yeah, uh, you know, uh, Carpenter came out with the hashtag, I stand with Ray Fisher, right? Like she kept quiet about what hostile and toxic environment she worked with. Yeah, I um, mean, like the whole Chris McCarpenter thing was one of those things that was like, we, I heard some stuff in the past about, but, you know, she finally came out and like gave like her full full story and take on it, you know, and it really came right. down to like, when, and it, it showed in Buffy, uh, and not in Buffy, but in, in Angel, Yeah. right? Where she disappeared on the show and then she's brought back in an episode just to write her out like forever. Right. right? Uh, like it felt really weird. It's like, wait, why is she gone? What's going on? And then you hear like there's a lot of weird stuff in the background. Right. Like, you know, Joss Whedon didn't like, you know, li like she didn't want to tell Joss Whedon she was pregnant because he would get angry at the idea. Like there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of stuff that was like, whoa, what's going on? Right. And right. the more she explains, the more you're like, well, there's I mean, is there something strange here? Like. You, you really got to like pause and you're like, I mean, right. what was all of this? Like, where, like, where did this come from? Right. And then on top of that, we got even more, um, you know, with like people like Michelle Trachtenberg being, being told by people on the set, hey, don't be alone in a room with Joss ever. Right. It's like, whoa, right. that, that's a huge thing to say to somebody. Right. Right. That's got a lot of that's got a lot of whoa behind it and that kind of when that came out i was like well there's something there if someone was telling you not to do that like behind the scenes right, right. uh if true there's, so, there's a lot to, to to break down there 
Right. So there is a lot to break down there, right? And um, and again, we wouldn't have really, it wouldn't have, you know, come to light if Ray Fisher hadn't retracted um, the statements that he made. Like, so, you know, I think he was, he was, it was, uh, well, Ray, you know, when the movie came out, you were like, you know, gushing about him, like what, what changed? And it was, again, remember these, the actors always sign on for press junkets and good publicity. Pretty much. It's so like, yeah, so he was contractually out. obligated to do that, right? Yeah. But when you start getting the Snyder Cut and they like announced, okay, the Snyder Cut is coming out. Uh, he did come up and say, you know what? Um, no, I, I'm going to retract everything I said. Uh, Whedon was a, a, in his terms, in his tweet, it was a gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable onset behavior toward the cast and crew of the Justice League. Now, um, you know, not all of them have come out and said it, but he's been the most forceful. And I think part of it is because Ray Fisher felt the most, he had to deal with it the most. And again, there's no, nothing that, you know, would say, yeah, that's the case. Um, but this is just my interpretation of it. Okay. My yeah. opinion of what's happening, right. Is that I think he probably did. And if you look at his behavior, um, this is Whedon's behavior, Chris McCarpenter, Michelle Trentenberg, even the actor that played Xander, um, I don't think there were in his in Whedon's mind they weren't strong, which allowed him to engage in that behavior. Very much right? so. I, that's wrong. I'm not. You know that's not acceptable. There's no acceptable reason to engage in the type of behavior that Whedon has, right? Alleged to have. Yeah, I, because again, we don't know the the story. We don't have his side of it. These are allegations, but again, where there's smoke, there's a fire. Yeah. Okay. So let's yeah. Or let's there has been a fire. Yeah. Right? Let's start investigating <laughs> some fires, right? Right. Start investigating, um, you know, where those uh, those fires or where that smoke is coming from, and you're going to see. If you don't see the fire, you're going to see the embers. Yeah. Right. Um, so, and that's what you know, started happening, I think, with Ray Fisher and Warner Brothers didn't have a choice but to start investigating. Yeah. Right? And but here's the thing is there's a bigger narrative here, Chris, because people like Whedon are able to do this because they have enablers. Right. It's a we need to get it could be, you know what? I. Uh, it's a really great show and we don't want to rock the boat because that creative genius is what is getting us the, um, the, the revenue, right? Or it's a, we've hired him on to do X, Y, Z and, and we're going to, you know, we need to see it through because we can't afford to, um, not see it through. Right. Like there's at, at the end of it, I think, they see protecting the abuser as a greater benefit than protecting their artists. And that has to stop. There has to be accountability in the entertainment um, industry. Right? And when there's allegations of toxic 
work environments, I, I mean, I think they do need to be investigated. And I have to, I, you know, I want to ask this question um, that we have to think about is, so why, you know, because, you know, I think Sarah Michelle Geller came out and said that she didn't have that experience with him. Um, you know, and I, you know, you know, his, you know, one of his biggest fanboys is Nathan Fillion, who yeah. apparently doesn't have that experience with him right um or hadn't had that experience so why is it okay for some of them to have that experience and not the others and i think it's because if they i think it's um what a person like whedon sees as deserving of his respect so a ray fisher or chris mccarpenter was not deserving of his respect and is it because he didn't because they're, you know, they're, they, they were in his mind coming from a position of less power. Yeah, that's th these are questions that need to be asked. But the 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 investigation with Ray Fisher and uh, you know John Berg, um, Joss Whedon, you know Jeff Johns, all of that was done by WB and ended up coming up with mostly nothing. Not right. because yeah. there's like there wasn't anything there, but of course it was an internal investigation that. You know, spent half the time saying Ray Fisher's claims were bogus and then the other half looking into something. And now the more stuff we get out, right? Right. Um, and so, yeah, the, the like there's a lot there. I, I, I want the, the full thing to of this to be revealed because, you know, like realistically, Joss Whedon, this is it's not a good look. And if this was true, it's, it's, it's disgusting behavior. And but, you know, this is Hollywood. So, you know, he'll disappear for 10 years, you know. And uh, come back and have all that nostalgia nerd cred that everyone loves him for. I mean, if Mel no, Gibson can do it. No, I don't think so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? That's, everyone forgets about old Mel, Melly Gibson, but he did it. Right? Mel Gibson did this and he, he was so, very uh, Yeah. So, Chris, is it better to be an, you know, a racist anti-Semite or an abusive individual? <laughs> like, <laughs> What a horrible question. Yeah, what 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 makes you survive in Hollywood, right? The reality yeah. is is that, you know, um you say the right things and you can get out, right? You you do the right obfuscating, you can get out. You know, Hollywood people like pretend like Hollywood's this big liberal place, but realistically speaking that some people in Hollywood, the reality and you know, the the studios make it look like that, but they're 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 capitalistic money machines. They're all about making more cash. They're all about, you know, making money and they want to appeal to the widest possible audience and that's why it seems like they're liberal but they're not they don't care about any of these politics they're they're richer sickling they don't you know they don't care about anything they only just want to, to take your money right and they'll they'll take they, they hate controversy they love controversy they'll do whatever it takes so you know joss whedon made them a lot of money joss whedon you know he did the first avengers movie and he got a lot of like you know a lot of praise for that and yeah and so, yeah, there was a lot to it. You watch that first and second Avengers movie and you see like how much weaker they are to even like some of the standalone Marvel yeah. films. Um, yeah. um, but nevertheless, right. Um, he is like, I want to see where this goes, but he stayed quiet. Right. Which is probably the smartest move he's ever done. Right. He stayed quiet. He's not addressing it. Um, and hopefully it just sort of disappears because short of anything straight up legal. 
right? We find out that Joss Whedon was, you know, Harvey Weinstein it around. All of a sudden, yeah, the the game will change, right? But he's been he's been hit on everything except for a Me Too. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's why I think he'll be generally safer uh, from any sort of you know change or retribution well, or anything like that. I, yeah, I agree with you. You know, I mean, I think it's very strategic that he's keeping quiet. Um, again, it could be a combination of legal and PR that's telling him. I think it's more legal um, than PR that's telling him don't respond, don't react, mm-hmm. right? But um, you know, he he considered uh, Chris. He's considered himself a feminist, right? A a fighter for those in less power right but that's we're seeing here that's not true it's an image he's cultivated and yeah you know what 10 years 15 years this may um i mean he's made more than enough movies right and tv shows that he does it doesn't it's not like he has to work or anything like that at least that's my assumption um but these are serious um allegations yeah yeah, they're very serious allegations. And uh, it doesn't just stop with the Josh Whedons of the world. It So, Chris, there's there's a difference, right? Uh, I just want to, there's a difference between uh, Mel Gibson and Josh Whedon. I'll tell you what the difference is, right? So, uh, Mel Gibson, you know, has these, like, anti-Semitic, views or whatever, you know, like his, the controversy that he, he had to deal with, right? And stuff. Those were all arising out of his personal life. You don't hear about it on set. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Think about is, that. Yeah, it's fundamentally this is, part. this is the professional aspect. Okay. He's created hostile work environment mints okay and it's he's you know and uh, i would love to hear some more from the other um, actors on the justice league right but they may not be able to because they in the investigation had to sign not uh, you know confidentiality agreements so let's keep that in mind as well is that when there's an investigation i would say in 99.99%, uh, there's an ironclad confidentiality agreement, non-disclosure agreement. They would not be able to come out and speak about it. I think one of the reasons why Ray Fisher had been and has been is because he had been vocal about it prior to. So the cat was already out of the bag. Okay. Yeah. And I think Chris McCarpenter, I think she was part of that investigation um did not speak earlier it was only after ray fisher said that he was taken off the flash movie that she came out because it was a i stand in solidarity with ray fisher right um and ray fisher has absolute every right to be pissed off because the studios did not heed the warnings that he was a toxic individual and created a toxic work environment. Um, and here's the thing is, um, Chris, we've 
I think, you know, uh, if nobody has picked up on it or not, uh, you know, we do have a legal background, right? Mm-hmm. And um, when you have a, when an employer knows that there's a toxic environment, they have a, they have a duty and an obligation to make it a safe work environment. Everybody has the right to work in a safe environment. Okay. And the fact that the studios did not, it means that they exposed themselves, which is why there was a outside law firm that came in and did the investigation and did find that there was, um, inappropriate behavior, which had been, um, addressed and there was remediation, right? Yeah. So, uh, and this is across the board. This is not just restricted to, um, uh, the entertainment industry. It's any employer that creates a hostile work environment is opening themselves to exposure. Right. But, um, Chris McCarpenter and the subsequent, you know, when she came out and then she had her other, um, act, you know, fellow actors who worked with her, who in those t- same, um, environments were, you know, uh, spoke out as well. There's a corroboration of a pattern of behavior at this point. Yeah. I think that, and that's the, the key bit to, to focus on is that there is some, there looks like a pattern here. And the first investigation showed that there was, you know, a level of, of just very, very bad professionalism within that set. And then they took, they, they said they, they did the appropriate um, remediation for it. Ray Fisher obviously disagrees with that. Um, and in, in effect is, uh, you know, effectively tanked his own career. Cyborg is sort of out of the, the, the whole thing now. Um, and I don't think we'll see Cyborg for any time in the, in the foreseeable future. Right. Um, you know, like Zack Snyder, for the most part, is out with, with Warner Brothers. The only reason why this thing even is happening is because of AT&T and HBO, right, um, with the Snyder Cut. And so, yeah, what can I say? Let's count our blessings. We'll be able to see, like, an actual vision for it. Will it be better than Justice League? I think so. Um, and, yeah, and I just hope that, you know, all the events of that set really, you know, if, they, if all they did was to reveal that, you know, holy crap, Joss, Joss Whedon has been, like, l- you know, lying and then putting himself up as this big guy when in reality he's not. Right. All right? If that's all it did was that, you know, make us well aware that Joss Whedon is not who we thought he was, right? You know? Right, and, you know, right. Do the, do the good work of making us well aware that our heroes sometimes could be villains, right? Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, please. Because the last thing you want to do is support someone that you fundamentally disagree with or that's... You don't want to support something that... That very much like will cause more trouble than than it's right. worth. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it sucks that we had to bring it down as a downer for the happy place, but it's. Uh, I think it was a good place to to bring it in general, right? To to look at it. It is, and it was slightly off topic in that since happy place is supposed to make us feel good, <laughs> right? And this was not a feel good topic at all. No. But I. But it is. You know, I'm, I'm part of the happy place is you know it's what happens in the entertainment industry and these are um um we can get to a happy place when we don't allow this type of behavior to become acceptable behavior 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that um, as as the more it comes out, the, the less acceptable it will be, and then we'll be in a better position for it. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, um, yeah, uh, in terms of a week, thankfully, you know, it wasn't too crazy. We, we dealt with a lot of stuff, but we're getting through it. Uh, next week um, and the week after, uh, we're really getting into, like, sort of the end game uh, stuff involving the WandaVision show. And I remember talking about it initially here, saying that I didn't like it with the first two episodes that were re- released. But, right. um, yeah, what can I say? As it moved away from its whole sitcom angle into something else, it really became something to really look forward to and watch. So, uh, yeah, please. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I want to really talk about it, Chris. I know you and me um, off the podcast have really, like, not talked about it like we do some of the other stuff. Uh, other shows and I want to really uh, you know what I would like us to just uh, keep our discussion for next week because I have tons of questions and and things like that and so I'm gonna you know I look forward to you educating me and answering those questions <laughs> I is, think, that like, um, is that like pressure on you no not at all not at all uh, I think that what we're gonna do is like starting next week talk about WandaVision will be on its second to last episode and we'll sort of do a catch-up to uh, where we are now, uh, where we'll be in the show next week, and then the week okay. after that is the finale, and then we'll we'll talk about it. Um, sort of something that we've been doing for the most part because of the way shows are released. Um, you know, we've been sort of doing them all at once, like after a whole season is finished. Yeah. Uh, but um, we're seeing because of the pandemic, more and more shows are moving to a weekly model in order to just extend the time frame and ensure like a, a drip feed of content. And so okay. as such, I think yeah. we're going to be talking about them uh, episode week to week as opposed to like a full season. Um, right. So uh, on that note, I'm, I'm going to ask you and I'm going to ask our listenership also check out tribes of Europa on Netflix. Okay. I finished it yesterday after my, um, my workshop, I just needed that like time to like decompress um, the two days of intensity, but um, watch it. It's by the same creators of Dark. Really? Okay. Yes. It's by the same creators of Dark. It's six episodes, about 40 minutes each. And um, the actor that played Ulrich is the only one in there that I recognize. I, I don't recognize any of the other actors. Uh, well, I recognize one of them, I think, but he's from like a different show or a movie, whatever. But um, it's from the same creators of Dark. So watch it because it's, it is a, and I'm just going to leave it with this. It's a post-apocalyptic Europe. And yeah, that's, that's all I'm going to say. And, and there's, and now we have tribes. Okay, rather than country states, okay, um, and it a majority of it I it takes place in um, Germany, Deutschland, or what was formerly Germany, Deutschland. Uh, so check it out because I want us to be able to talk about that next week as well. Uh, and again, it's the by the same creators of Dark, and it's called Tribes of Europa. I'm gonna warn you that it it you have to really be engaged. Okay. It's very much like dark. You had to be engaged. And you know how in dark you were wondering like what the hell is going on? It's not until it was like season two and three we were just like, huh? Right? Like it started like 
we started like figuring out what the you know trying to move pieces and stuff like that but um yeah we're doing the same thing with um i you're that's the same thing with tribes of europa i really you know what um watch it and then let's talk about it next week yeah absolutely all right tribes of europa we'll put onto the list as well as wandering okay. for next week so uh yeah, yeah uh, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, thank you guys for going through this. Uh, I know this was longer than normal, but uh, we missed a day, so we need to talk about a little extra. Um, normally we miss, you know, the events of Saturday and Sunday, but we got a little bit of that today. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you for joining us. And uh, Thank you for joining us. Uh, it was great um, <laughs> tuning in with you guys. And, Chris, we can't do what? You can't stop the signal. See you guys. Absolutely. Bye-bye.